Support for this podcast comes from Boost Mobile. Step up with Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast network so you can post up and watch the game almost anywhere. Switch today and get four lines for $25 per line per month with unlimited data and four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones. Perfect for the whole family. Step up with Boost Mobile. Limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only. Requires port and activation from eligible carrier. One free device per line. Users using more than 35 gigabytes of data during a billing cycle may be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See boostmobile.com or retailer for full details. We haven't won the playoff series yet. So that's our first step. The Bucks on the way to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2001. I should win MVP because probably I don't care. I just care about winning. That's what I care about. Uh, that's not a very good campaign speech. He doesn't matter. I just care about winning. I know if we keep winning and we keep playing good basketball, it's going to take care of itself. The 2019 Kia NBA Most Valuable Valuable Player goes to Giannis Antetokounmpo. What's going on, everybody? Episode 64 of the Bucks Leading Radio, and as always, it's your boy Jacobs on the mic. Uh, so this episode is brought to you by CBS Sports HQ, the brand new streaming sports network. It's live. 24-7, and it costs you nothing. Sports coverage, always on and always free. So it's focused on the game. Tons of highlights, breaking news as it happens, fantasy advice, and something we care deeply here, gambling picks and analysis. Come on, everybody out there. Uh, if you, We all know you sports gamble. And CBS Sports HQ is the place to get all of the highlights, all of the box scores, and then on top of that, they're going to give you tips. They're going to look ahead to future games. If you're betting on a certain team, like most of us, are probably betting on the Bucks. We're always going to bet a W, but do you want to bet the spread against who they're playing? Do you maybe want to bet the over or the under? They're going to give you those specific tips to get you more money in your pocket. So download the CBS Sports HQ app. And you can do it on your phone, Apple TV, Roku, or Fire TV, any connected device to the internet, completely free. Get all those tips. Check it out. Second sponsor of the day is Vivid Seats. Everybody, home opener is tomorrow. We play the Raptors next Saturday on the 2nd. I'm going to be there. Get your tickets to a Bucks game. Get your tickets to an Admirals game. Uh, concerts are rolling through the Fiserv right now. Marquette's picking up. There's all enough. There's tickets to buy to everything, and Vivid Seats is the place to do it. Real tickets. You're never gonna get shit. You're never gonna get uh, fake ones on there. It's 100% buyer guarantee. Um, and I'm gonna give you guys the best deal out there. You're gonna get a hundred dollar discount. Use promo code Overtime O V E R T I M E at checkout to receive a discount of up to one hundred dollars um that's for first time users so if you've never used vivid seats before download that app use promo code overtime get a hundred dollars off to a bucks game or wherever you want to go all right let's get into this episode i'm joined tonight by will lindquist we've been talking for a while will how are you tonight hey i'm doing great man honored to be on the show i'm excited to hear what we got going down I don't know Otherwise, if honored is a good word. This is just a fun little combo that we decided to record. 
<laughs> hey, man, it's sports. We both love sports, and uh, it's that time of the year again. You know, everything's going, and I love listening to this podcast, so I figured, why not make an appearance, right? Hell yeah. That's um, that's kind of why I started it. I love uh, getting new fans on here, getting people on here in general. Um, I wanted to be a, a podcast for fans by fans, so I appreciate uh, you listening, and I'm glad you were able to come on. Uh, but let's talk. We should we're freaking one and zero after what was probably a very shitty first half to an all right second half and a great third quarter. Um, so Bucks are one and zero. We beat the Houston Rockets in Houston. Give me your overall thoughts on the game. What you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, overall thoughts. What an incredible game. Um, it really shows the depth we have on the team. I know a lot of people just said, you know, we have Giannis. We're just going to cruise through everybody. But when he fouled out and the team pretty much said, hey, this is our team, not just his team, our team, they just went to work. And I'm so happy for our team to, that we battled back from 16 down, made the big run, played the defense, and walked off that court 0-1, man. You can't beat that, especially in Houston. What a way to do it. Yeah, I mean, their defense is what made them so dangerous last year. Their half-court offense, I would say, was average, but above average at best. Um, and to, last night, they really couldn't just get the ball to fall through the hoop. I would say I, I chuck a lot of the first quarter up to just kind of first-game jitters. You're getting into you know the rhythm of everything. You got a couple of new guys out there in West Matthews starting. Um, you know, kind of just figuring out where everybody's standing. Practice is great, preseason's great, but it doesn't really matter till it's a, a real game. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you, man. Um, like you said, our defense really manned up at the end, and I felt at times we were going to just get run off the court due to the fact that you know playing against James Harden and now Russell Westbrook, you know it's nonstop up and down. But we did such a good job getting rebounds managing what, what the fire pretty much, you know, they were on fire, man. They could not miss to start with. And, you know, them getting us getting big breaks by, you know, Eric Gordon missing seven shots in a row, you know, uh, it was just such a good game to watch. And it was really wholesome, you know, it made us feel, made me feel, you know, since it's a national televised game, you know, not going to get, you know, preferential treatment, but it, it said volumes to me and obviously to Marv and Chris Weber who couldn't believe what they were seeing at times. And, you know, that's Bucks basketball right now. Something special. Wow. That's a, that's a really good way to put it. I like that. Uh, it is something special and it shows, and you kind of mentioned, it shows the resilience of this team. I mean, you look at like the graph of percentage to win or uh, whatever that is on ESPN and it's rockets since the start until that um, mid of that third quarter. Um, and you mentioned the depth of this team too. Ursan Ilyasova with a double double. Did you see that coming? Because I sure didn't. I was gonna say he he can get the the crafty double double. You know the rebounds with the assists. But I did not see him coming in like that. You know, putting his big boy pants on, Daddy Ursan. Oh man, he uh, he imposed his will with the charges. He got himself going got some jumpers falling and then right at the end it's just put us over the top man how amazing just to see him just pull up no fear already knew it was going in the bench loving it 
I loved it. Just a good day when that comes together. It's so good. It it, it was awesome to watch. Um, the best was like that dagger. I kind of just stood there in disbelief that it was Ursan hitting it. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, at all the people you think is just gonna you know pull up from what was that the side of the free throw line to hit that dagger? Yeah. My oh, goodness. My it was so nice. And he held the follow-through, classic Ursan. You know it's going in, man. You, you got to know it's going in. Oh, that's that's great. Um, and let's let's give some honorable mentions here. Um, I felt like Robin Lopez, he played 17 minutes, um, only two points, but I felt like he was imposing his will with his body. Like That was what I loved seeing with that second unit of having that larger presence there. Um, and George Hill, wow, 31 minutes. Um, plus 16, um, only eight points though, but he was a menace on the, on the defensive end of the floor. Um, and then on the offensive end was able to dish out seven assists. Uh, he's why I'm not mad that we got, we lost, got rid of whatever you want to say, Malcolm Brogdon. What are your, what are your take? What is your take on that? This has been something that's kind of confused me to start with. Um, obviously management saying that they'd go over the cap to keep him, but then traded him. So I was kind of worried, but seeing that we did have phenomenal playoff performance from George Hill, and then to add Kyle Korver, Wes Matthews, Robin Lopez, like you said, they all pretty much put their defensive will on display. Like you said, even if it's giving that uh, big man an extra push on the back, you know, the body up or Wesley Matthews just causing havoc, you know, being all over the court and same with George Hill, you know, his ability to play defense and then come down and score. Very good. I I don't know how else to describe it, but man, that is so nice to have. You know, it's not just a one-sided guy. He can get to the cup. And what really impressed me was, like you said, we were able to just kind of smooth our way in through the third and fourth quarters and, you know, establish who we are and play buck ball, you know, and bully the people around to get what we wanted. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that because I think one of the things we were really missing in that first half, um, and it was the imposing of our will. And by our will, I mean, Giannis's, I didn't see him driving to the hoop. I didn't feel like he was really, you know, doing what he does. And then it comes third quarter, he gets on that 10 L run to kind of put some momentum behind us and get our team going. You know, what is, were you seeing that too? And, and what, I don't know what it was. Do you have any thoughts on why he might've just been taking it easy? I felt after he picked up those first two fouls that he knew he had to slow it down. And this is like first quarter with like seven minutes in, always right before the classic, you know, TV timeout. He had that charge go against him. I, I forget, was it either PJ Tucker or one of the two that took the initial charge? And I think that kind of rattled him, knowing that you're in Houston, knowing that, you know, they're going to get that kind of preferential treatment on the calls. But like you said, after halftime, you know, Coach Bud has such a good ability to get people level-headed, you know, the it's zero-zero talk, and he knew what he had to do. And like every great player, or to-be great player, because he's still improving, obviously, they know that it's third and fourth quarter. That's my time. It's our time to shine. And like you said, mustered out the points, you know, calling, having Houston call that timeout to just try to slow him down. And 
that I think that gave the whole team, you know, the edge that, Hey, we're going to win this game. And it's so amazing that he can just do that. You know, like you said, gone for the first two quarters shows up like nothing happened in the third quarter. You know, I love that. I did too. And that's actually a great, uh, observation. I didn't even put together that it was those two fouls, but that makes a lot of sense. Now that you say that, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, let's talk about the fouls. Let's talk about the preferential treatment in Houston against a team that constantly flops. It was so hard to watch that game at times because Harden's out there flopping around on the ground. The final, the sixth foul call on Giannis was a flop as well. I mean, I don't know if you saw Kane's um, video that he posted today on Twitter, but like that was, he barely didn't even touch him and he got a foul call. Um, and then one thing to add before I kind of pass it off to you, Will, is I don't understand why the refs would even blow the whistle on that play because you're going to foul out the reigning MVP with five minutes left in the fourth quarter in like what was, I believe, like a four-point game at the time, a, you know, in a nationally televised game, a season opener for, I believe, both teams, yep, and you're going to do that. So it just doesn't even make sense to me. Um well, give me your thoughts on, on that, and, and I guess maybe that's just Bucks basketball, right? It's this is a general statement. It's usually Bucks, Packers, Brewers. There's always some kind of they don't want it. They don't want to see us win. It's and again going to all the games, and you know, obviously seeing people get away with the shoves all game long. And it and it's the smallest shove too. It's the it's only me extending the elbow. You know when you just bend it a little, and I just don't understand. Like you said, we have three MVPs all on the court. You know I'm thinking they're gonna let him play. I'm thinking they're gonna let you know some contact slide, but to let the the newest MVP get fouled out on that call really bothered me and it was so middle of the fourth quarter it was like six minutes left in the game just under that maybe 550 or something I thought we were going to be kind of cooked due to the fact that you know weren't they were in Houston and you know if I'm James Harden I can just do the little the pull through move and get every foul in the world and I mean you look at the box score man he went to the line what was it 16 or 18 times how are you going to beat that? Like, like, how am I supposed to beat that as a coach if he's going to guarantee the call and our team can't get a basic call? But I mean, to to our to combat that, we have Ersan Ilyasova, Mister uh, Mister Sneaky, always getting in there for those charges, and he should have had four charges. Um, they they did favor uh, Houston at the end, but like you said, man. There's there's always some stipulation with you know oh we'll go on like a five o six o run and fourth quarter and now our best player's gone uh, and I don't know that's where the challenge comes in handy I know this is kind of out there since it's the first year of it but we should have waited we were really eager to try that challenge in the first quarter that would have been so good at that point to yeah. try it it would have been helpful but you can't. You can't expect that. I mean, teasing the first quarter is interesting. I think we'll coaches will get smarter with it as the season goes on. But Giannis gets fouled out. How um, how confident were you that this team was going to pull out that win? 
Be honest with me. So knowing that we've had adversity, um, knowing how the game was going since Houston couldn't really seem to buy a basket at that point, you know, they just kept chucking up shots, you know, shots would rim in and out. I would say about 65, 70% chance that we were going to either have a quick boost where we'd get the game tied or maybe down by one to maybe 30% of us just like folding. And the reason I say that we didn't fold is because you got to look at some of the games we had last year where things got real tough right at the end. And, you know, you had people come out of nowhere, the woodworks to save us. And I had belief. I did have belief. Uh, I actually had to end up taking the my car out just because I didn't want to hear the commentating and turned on a 620 and listened to Ted just to hear it better. And you could tell. You know, by him calling the game compared to obviously Marv and Chris, you know, he, he could he could sense, you know, something was up and he's like, and here they go more back at it, another score. And so it felt better driving around hearing that than obviously if I was at home hearing, you know, Chris Weber say, oh, they're down by X amount. And I don't know. I like hearing, you know, a little bit of the home, the hometown hero announcer kind of for games like this. I 100 percent agree with you. Um, but before I touch on that. I did not think this team was going to do it. I, From what I saw the rest of that game, I had very little confidence that this team was going to pull it out. Um, it just didn't I, – I just didn't have confidence. Chris, we haven't even really touched on it, didn't play great last night. Um, Wesley Matthews had moments of flashes of offensive goodness, I would say, not greatness. Hit a couple good threes. He was out there. Um but the offense just looks stagnant. I that's what I expected. Um, but hey, Brooke Lopez being the center that he was before he started shooting three pointers, uh, that was awesome to see. And we mentioned it earlier in the episode, but Ursan Ilyasova with the dagger mid range, but the kicker was truly the defense. They caused problems. They got back fast on defense. They were not going to give them a chance to get any hope left in there that uh, they were going to win the game. But I, I can't say I had uh, any confidence in that team uh, based on what I saw the rest of the game, but uh, they proved me wrong, and I am ecstatic about it. To your point on Ted, the man, the myth, the legend, at NBA Ted on Twitter, um, he is awesome to listen to. I love driving around and listening to him call the games and honestly dislike a lot of um, national announcers in general because I just find that they are always going to favor towards the larger market teams. Which, you know, it is what it is, I guess, at this point. You know, being a Bucks fan for so long, you get used to it. But, yeah, if I could if I could just listen to Ted and get the uh, get the, the video as well, that'd be great. I wish that was an option on my TV. So I respect the move to, to just drive around for those last five minutes. Yeah, uh, this is kind of ironic. They would uh, – the original TNT game that they had, the Clippers-Lakers game, they explained that Jerry West would do that during their games, just leave the arena, drive around in the car and hear it on the radio. Really? So I found that was kind of, yeah, I found that was kind of like, whoa, holy cow. So I was like, let's see what Ted's got to say. And, you know, I've always loved multimedia broadcasting. I used to do it when I was younger. I've always wanted to rejoin that. And when I did get to work for the Bucks for the last three years before they moved into the visor, I got to sit and watch and, you know, security, Securitize the 
the media trucks and you know i felt like the 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 announcers never fully did enough research personally i mean if you want to be real you got to have both research on you know the bucks the rockets you got to be able to keep giving that input all night long and like you said at times they just want to favor you know obviously houston's what like top 10 market areas in all of america you know compared to milwaukee like come on like obviously they're gonna want that you got the houston astros in the world series you're gonna want to talk about that and i'm just happy that you can have the option to do that you know just am radio folks unreal that it's still kicking like that and what ted does to give that energy makes you almost want to like think that i could do that try out you know i would love like one of the hopes i is i get to talk to him on this podcast at some point in my my days of doing it um because i really want to know how does one person like train to do that because the, the amount of different adjectives he used to describe what's happening on the court um, also just knowing when to say certain things. And I imagine now for him, it's a lot of it's second nature, but you know, I couldn't, I would be so nervous trying to go out there and on, especially on away games, he's the only one talking and having done a podcast by myself where it's not live, uh, there's still a lot of pressure to make entertaining content with just your mouth, nobody to play off with. And, uh, it's, it's intimidating. So I, I, I love listening to him. I think he, he's killer. One of the best at it too. I can, uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. And one of the people that I looked up to, this is really random, but it was always uh, Wayne Larravee. Mm. He did talk about dream career. You, you watch Michael Jordan when he comes back from his retirement, you call all three rings for that. You can look it up on YouTube. Just type in Michael Jordan highlights, 95, 96, and you'll hear Wayne Larravee. And then, you know, boom, the Packers pick him up. So when you hear someone and understand how they have – you got to have the love for the game, obviously. You got that. You know the insight. And it's just using what's there in front of you to just magnify it. You got to tell it how you'd tell it. You know, there's that's a reason why some of these announcers that are pros – don't really do too well and then just take, you know, the desk job at ESPN, you know, like Jalen Rose, Jay Williams, you, you know, they don't, they don't have that ability to take it up a notch. And I mean, you're holding podcasts, man. I think you, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of preparation and you come prepared, you know, you love the teams, you love the sports, but then you got people like Troy Aikman who want to ruin everything even if you're not a packers fan so who knows man people right i tell you people i never would have thought you were to steer that into a troy aikman shade throwing uh <laughs> sequence there that's awesome um <laughs> let's let's transition this uh podcast over to you so i i didn't know you worked at the bradley center um but give me some background you know when did you become a bucks fan um how long has it been and you know i would love to hear more about some experiences you've had all right so you know, grew up not not in Milwaukee, but I grew up uh, in Green Lake, Wisconsin, about 20 minutes from Oshkosh. So already at a disadvantage, you know, obviously the Bucks when they were in 2001, had that huge run. They started putting those games on NBC. 
but I live in the middle of the country. So I, I never had cable. I just had the mm-hmm. antenna. So I had to base everything off the antenna. Obviously I dial up internet, you know, goodness, gosh, that was a joke, you know? So it was, uh, the radio at Ted and usually they would only show Chicago bulls games. And so for the longest time I was a bulls fan just because that was the region that they showed. But as you know, I got, this is really crazy as UPN or my 32, they began showing the Bucks games in from 2002 to 2006 or four, right before they failed as a network and then became, you know, my 24, they started showing off the games and I would watch them all the time and record all the games. And I just had a natural love for basketball and obviously Michael Jordan, you know, someone that wants to win helps everyone around that really transitioned me into liking you know, the smaller market team, because when Michael Jordan left, you know, the polls were garbage, Eddie Curry. Oh my goodness. Gross. So at that point, you know, I was like, whatever, let's see how it goes. And, you know, I started, you know, watching the bucks, joking with the bucks, you know, like I, for the longest time, man, I used to call them the Milwaukee fucks cause they would never figure <laughs> it out. They can never get it together, you know, watch the game. They'd have a lead, blow it off, something like that. So then I went to college. This is where it gets even full circle. My college roommate, his dad was John Paxson. So I was lucky enough to go to every single United Center game from, you know, 2009 to 2012. Was able to go, you know, experience the whole VIP tour at the Bradley Center. Literally call someone. There's tickets for me there. And. Being around such a small atmosphere where I could literally run into the players, owners, announcers of both teams really made me appreciate the small, the, the inclusiveness of the Bucks, And that's when I really started kind of paying attention. I was like, okay, this team knows what's going on. And I mean, then they started opening up the market to where, you know, you can watch the games. We finally got a dish, got Fox Sportsnet. You know, finally was able to be like, here we go. And then, you know, Brewers games, all that other stuff. And ultimately, I fell in love with being at that arena. I fell in love with the experiences. Um, And then, like I said, I worked there from 15, 16, 17. It's one of the head security guards there. So I got to work the VIP gate. Um, So I met everyone famous from 2015 to 2017, man. I let them in through a door. So it's full circle, man, and love it. It's not bad years to be doing that. Um, so I guess this is an actu- actually uh, a real question. What What is your favorite Bradley Center memory? <laughs> oh, man, there are so many. Um, when I was a child, I got to see the Bulls win Game Seventy there against okay. the Bucks. So that was kind of. That was kind of historical, not as a Bucks fan, but I'm legit in the nosebleeds. My nose did bleed. <laughs> God, <laughs> you're just thinking almost about it. You know, we were so high up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost falling off from the, you know, the 400 section. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, man. There are so many, so many moments. Um, uh, the Ray Allen game where Ray Allen took over and hit all those threes in 2001 against the Sixers. That was something special. Um, moving upwards, um, obviously, I didn't have the best seats. Go figure. But uh, when the Bucks, 
uh, had Brandon Jennings hit that game winner to start the season over the Cavs. Mm-hmm. That was pretty amazing. The little fadeaway runner. Uh, when the Bucks beat what then went on to be the 2009 Boston Celtics championship team, uh, I actually, <laughs> ironically, uh, got a, a one a coupon to StubHub, and you know never really thought about buying tickets from StubHub, and. I go figure bucks tickets, not that much. It was like $450 to sit three rows away from the the floor. And that's the first time I ever met Aaron Rodgers because he was sitting right in front of me. Wow. <laughs> and so like, okay, never going to forget this game. You know, Ray Allen's playing for the Celtics comes over, starts talking to him, you know, just right in front of me for $400, you know, Two tickets, me and my friend. It was a really weird game. It was like noon, a noon game. And we were both kind of hungover. We're like, are we even going to make the game? <laughs> <laughs> so that. And then ultimately, you know, the years with Giannis, man, like when he first started coming out and like 2013, you know, 14, and then 2015, when he started like really gaining the momentum, those games, you know, when, when Kobe – I went to the game when, you know, Kobe played the last game there in Milwaukee mm-hmm. and he whispered to Giannis, you know, I want you to be the MVP. That meant a lot to me. Uh, I was working that game. So to see Kobe Bryant, you know, one of my idols walk by and then find out he told now MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo that I want to be, I want you to be an MVP. That's special within itself. I think like, <laughs> That is. To think about that, no one's going to think that this guy's going to be the MVP, and now he's just ESPN's number one player. Four Amazing. Man. Now. So, a couple of other questions. You know, were you sad that they tore the Bradley Center down? I imagine as someone who worked there, you know, and you mentioned the shitty uh, nosebleeds, as we all we all found a, a home there at some point. Um, but you know, <laughs> did you did you want them to keep it around, or were you were you happy to kind of see them tear it down oh boy so one of two things extremely kind of hurt obviously there's so much tradition that that was there but at the same time i felt like it needed to be it needed to be so mind you i used to work outside and inside and deal with all of the major problems, you know, I have a radio on, you know, Amber alert. Oh God, I don't want fans hearing that, you know, like all the toilets blue, you know, and it's the middle of the NCAA tournament and there's water leaking everywhere, you know, just, or, or even worse when you enter from the, the Miller light gate, which is right across the street from the cop shop yeah, right downtown. Uh, they never fixed the initial leak. So before I worked outside, I used to be a, a, a one of the people that would pat you down as a security guard, and they'd have to take out a huge trash can and put it right in the middle because all the water would leak down. So I, in the back of my head, I'm like, man, this place has got to go, man. Like, and it did. And when it finally disappeared, you know, it was really sad to think, you know, I spent, you know, a bunch of time here, saw a lot of memories, met a lot of cool people but it was time to transition. Otherwise we would have lost the team, you know, and look what we have now. I think it's a state of the art arena. I think it's really nice. I think it's something that Milwaukee should be really proud of considering, you know, 
we had three arenas within a mile of each other. I just, I still can't believe that one picture that they had up the Mecca, the Bradley center Pfizer. And then they show the Mecca still standing. <laughs> so yeah, something, something, something to think about for all those people about, we need something new all the time. You know, it's okay to have some old things. And when they had that Mecca game there, man, that was another top go? highlight of mine. I got to work that. Yeah, I got to check all the oh, owners in. I nice. got to hand them their VIP packages. I got to meet all the players when they load in the little bus. You know, they back the little bus in and all the players would hop out. You know, it was so cool to see the paint on the floor, man. Uh, I love. They should consider doing that again every year, too. Why not? Yeah, that that was a cool event. I I didn't I didn't go. Tickets were just a little steep for me. I love going to the Mecca. I love seeing Admirals games there. Um, I think it's kind of funny because the bathrooms have not been updated at all. That's where you can right. really see the age <laughs> of the place. It's like it's oh the same yeah, tile it was in the seventies. You're like oh, what am I doing here? Um, yeah, that Bradley Center for sure needed to be torn down. I I, I was so happy kind of to see it go. Um, and now. It, the forum's done so much for just downtown. It's like, especially that area. So that's great to see. Um, but back to you, what, so, you know, you kind of, I'm not going to say you cherry picked, but you cherry picked the Jordan era of the Bulls. That's all right though. Um, right. But right. now that you're, um, you were a Bucks fan um, and you are one, but so what does it mean to you now to see the resurgence of talent, of winning mentality of, winning 60 games and going to the Eastern Conference Finals and now potentially having a, a solid chance at an NBA championship this year after so many years of disappointment, perpetual eighth seed uh, in Milwaukee. Yeah, man, it's something to be really proud of. You got to think all the years that, you know, we could have tanked but yet finished the eighth seed, like you said, could have had better lottery picks, could have had all this. But to see the organization do the 180, you know, really kind of like look at itself and almost the the facelift of the new arena, I think, has given the people, the players, definitely the players, management and, you know, us as Wisconsinites, a real big boom. It's It's given the opportunity that we could be considered uh, a media, a big market. You know, it's not just Chicago. It's not just Cleveland. It's like, Hey man, you got to come to Milwaukee now. And I'm so happy to see the bucks almost hold themselves accountable for it. You know, when they lose, they say, you know, we're going to come back harder. None of this. Oh, you know, I didn't get all my shots or whatever, you know, cause that's how I felt it would be, you know, the Andrew Bogut era, Brandon Jennings era, yeah, you know, kind of, it just kind of yeah. felt like a, a dead bird. But now that the city has all this stuff, the districts, the buildings, the out of towners, people looking to spend money. I mean, like at the Bradley center, there was nothing you could really kind of spend money on. I know that sounds really weird to, to say, but if you want to be taken like a big market team, you got to offer, you know, luxury suites, you know, that accommodation, you know, like free drinks if you buy courtside seats because in the old arena that was never the case you know you're still paying for all those drinks and it's just so cool man it's it's something to be and something to be so proud of and uh obviously i'm very lucky i'm part of their little clutch crew been doing that the last three years as well 
three years nice. or, or more. So to go to every game to see, you know, the little practice they had the last year and this year, last year's little practice they had, they only had a thousand people there. This year it looked like it was a game. And I'm so yeah. happy to see that people are just trying to get there. Everyone, the whole family, kids, your grandpa, you know, people come from all over, you know, the banner, like I drove from so-and-so to be here, you know, that's so cool, man. Considering those seats are empty, considering I could buy tickets behind the basket. What was it like triple, triple B back in the Bradley center? I could get tickets on hours before the game would go for under a hundred dollars. And now it's just like, you want to, you want to pay some money, you know, uh Oh, like, yeah, <laughs> uh Oh, you know, they're really out there. And I'm just so happy that people want to see this and people want the team and the team really rose to the challenge of, Hey, we're going to either be a team here or we're going somewhere else. And like you said, the Eastern conference finals, man. Wow. I feel so good to hear that to look at everyone else in the East and be like, come catch us. I love it. Wow. That was, yeah, that was a great description and very true. I, I do fear that some of some of the people in the city and the state take it for granted. Um, and by what I mean is taking the winning for granted. Like tomorrow's game, which we'll get to here in a minute, against the Miami Heat, before Jimmy Butler was announced out, uh, they're still selling for like $35, $40. Um, and... Granted, it is sitting upper level, but if this isn't the Bradley Center anymore, there's not really a bad seat in the house. And sitting upper level, I don't really think is that terrible in the forum. Um, so, I, you know, it's the home opener. I hope people can get out there. It is a matinee game, which I think may be keeping some people away. But, uh, yeah, so I think every everybody should be um, so proud of it. And um, that practice was awesome. I was lucky enough to sit courtside that game. Uh, I was able to win tickets wow. through uh, my work. I actually work at Fiserv, a company that bought naming rights. Um, and Incredible. I was able to take a half-court shot, so I dapped up Brooke Lopez. He was my partner. I did whiff horribly. Um, yeah, but, oh, but goodness. Should have practiced. Goodness. Practiced. You never know, <laughs> though. Brooke- That's so cool. That is so cool because I uh, – Again, when you were half court, I was by uh, all of the scoreboard. I was five rows behind that with some of my good friends yeah. and we're like, it's please someone hit the rim. Cause the year before <laughs> a lot of air, a lot of air balls and a lot of like slipped out oh. of hand shots. Oh goodness. But Hey man, you tried. That's all that matters. You know, you tried. Well, and then Brooke proceeds to just take it flat footed and make me look <laughs> terrible. But, <laughs> oh man. I was so nervous. I, I don't think I realized what it was going to be like until you're standing there holding a basketball, staring at the, <laughs> the rim like, fuck, I don't know if I'm going to do this. <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't the worst. Yeah. That. Oh. <laughs> that's that's definitely for sure, man. I was going to say you could have you had the ball go all the way drastically left and not even hit the, the rim. That happened the year before. Someone threw it, and it like almost hit one of the coaching staff. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? Like, what's going on? Oh, that's funny. But it's so um, cool that you got to go, man. Oh yeah, it was I that was just all pure luck. Um but to that point, like it was a freaking line to get in there. Um like that was crazy. Um yeah, they were free, but they were free at the Bradley Center and we still had Giannis and there was a lot of potential last year and still nobody really wanted to go. Now people want to go see the new stadium. 
Um, tickets are a bit more expensive. That is true. So I think giving this opportunity for them to go and check out the stadium, bring your kids on a day like that. It was a beautiful day um, in Milwaukee, and uh, that was awesome. And I think you're just starting to see the support all around the city. But uh, let's talk about tomorrow's game, Miami Heat, Tyler Hero coming back to town. Um, Jimmy Butler will – I don't think he's traveling with the team, but uh, was supposed to. Now with Jimmy Butler out, I think – I'm thinking a W foregone conclusion, uh, but what is your thought, Will? I think so, too. I, I don't think the the Heat have after, – after the Bucks came back from 16 points down, I just don't think the Heat – are going to be ready for that nightmare. And this includes the Bucks. If they started out god-awful, too. If they missed all their shots, they get into that rhythm, like we talked about earlier. They start gelling, start talking. You hear them get vocal. You hear them get really excited. And that's with Giannis on the bench or him in the game. And I don't think the Heat really have much of it. Like you said, Jimmy Butler's not there. They got Justice Winslow. They got like Tyler Harrow, I believe. Yeah, the hometown kid. I, I mean, he can score, but when you have all those people hitting from all the angles like the Bucks do and us getting the separation to the lane, I, I don't think anyone can heat-wise can come near. <laughs> no, and with Jimmy Butler out, Dion Waiters out, I mean, you're really just going to be looking for Sean Whiteside. Justin, Justice Winslow may give you some trouble, but – I mean, overall, I really don't think that this Miami team is going to cause us too much trouble. Goran Dragic has some has some good moments, but with um, Eric Bledsoe and the George Hill coming out in that point guard position on the defensive end is is tough. And then for Tyler Hero, or if I'm pronouncing his name wrong, sorry, I don't know you, but it's all right. Yeah, who, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, somebody's going to be like, he's from Wisconsin. You should know. It, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, with him coming right. uh, to town, and yeah, you're right, he's a good shooter. But then you can put a guy like Chris on him, who's, who's a great defender, because um, there's really no one else to worry about on this team. So that should be a fun game to go to. Probably a guaranteed win. I may have just knocked on wood there to, to not jinx it. So um, pretty good. Uh, I like the start to the season here with a a tough game to open it, and then we're going to go matinee at home against a – even with Jimmy Butler, less talented overall team and a relatively easier game, I would say. I definitely agree with you. And I just looked it up. Hassan Whiteside plays with the Blazers. So oh, he's shoot. gone. Did I get so. that totally wrong? <laughs> wow. Yep. Thank you for I, the fact. I, I thought something happened. I thought something was different because they have, is it Abambo? Uh, yeah. I don't know. The, their younger center who replaced him. Abambo. There we go. Yeah. No chance, man. Like he said, uh, again, this our team doesn't even – this is really confusing to say and kind of awkward, but our team doesn't really need to even really apply the gas on some of these teams because I know there's going to be that point where there's going to be that one sequence where there might be like a, a charge or a coach's timeout. Bud will huddle them up together, and he does such a good job of connecting with the players that I know he won't let the heat – do that to yeah. us. I know. He um, hopefully this doesn't turn into what was the Miami heat game. Uh, I believe it was a year ago where we should have just went in there and stopped their ass and ended up losing and played like shit. So let's just hope it's not. Oh yeah. Long. Definitely know what you're talking about. Oh, let's hope not, man. Get our little Clemens towels waving, you know? Oh yeah. 
get excited um, for the game and it's going to be so much fun. It, yeah, that'll be a good game. So get out there if you can check out tickets, get, get some upper levels pretty cheap uh, and enjoy it. But let's look at, if you're looking at tomorrow's game from a gambling perspective, that's a hammer the bucks all day. That's a lock. And you know where you should hammer that lock. My bookie, MyBookie.ag is the best place to go get into that betting action. Um, Sports betting is legal, people. We don't need to worry about this anymore. Let's go do it. It's a lot of fun. It gets you doubly invested into the game. Uh, and if you're going to be like me, I secretly manage my expectations, especially when it's a Packer game. I will sometimes bet the other team uh, just in case. Um, I probably shouldn't have said that, and now people are going to think I'm not a true fan. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's what works. So go to mybookie.ag. And because you listen to this podcast, I'm going to hook you up with a good deal here. Use promo code OVERTIME, and it'll match your first deposit. So that's what I'm saying. You're going to get free money out of this. You should go bet it. Promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at mybookie.ag. Sign up. Get a username, get a password, use promo code overtime, and they will match your first deposit and bet that free money on the Bucks. Hammer them tomorrow against the Heat. And if you're listening to this after the game, uh, I think you could hammer it next Monday against the Cavaliers and next Friday against the Magic. So Celtics, iffy. I'm not sure we'll get to that, and we'll see how it goes next week. But, uh, Will, opening uh, season – start of the season seems a little bit easier now that we kind of got over the hump of what was that Rockets game. Agreed, man. And plus, like you said, man, the concept of fantasy, because when I was younger, it was all fantasy. Now it's like, hey, guess what? We'll turn the eye to gambling. So it's just like, oh, my. Like you said, man, you can't lose on the double down with that. And plus, man, Opening night, oh, goodness, in, in the Pfizer. I know people are going to be screaming. There's going to be lines everywhere. I'm just excited, you know, to see the players come out in the court and put up the hoops and put up the buckets. I really just want to see Giannis just – I want to see a Giannis windmill or a Giannis dunk on someone just to give that crowd, you know, I'm back. Yeah. You know, yeah, I just sure. want it. I just want it so bad. We'll, we'll probably get one tomorrow in a game like that. Um, but all right, Will, uh, let's finish up this podcast. Where can the people find you on social media? So on social media, um, again, I'm not necessarily new to the Twitter game, but just finally starting it out. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Willie Lindquist. That's W-I-L-L-I-E-L-I-N-D-Q-U-I-S-T. Otherwise, I'm also on Instagram. You can follow me and see where I might be. I, I tend to go all over the place. You know, I'm at will dog 44. That's W I L L D O G G 44. You can see the videos I have, the shots that I'll get from when I do get uh, invited to go to the games and cheer in their little section. Such a good time. I'm always down for a chat on sports. You know, I love it. I love that. I'm able to talk to you about sports. It's just easy. I mean, what's there to not like, you know, we're in a good position. The cards are in our table. We have a chance to go so far. Let's go, man. And then plus on Saturday, you get everyone's treat. You get to see the Badgers, if you are a Badgers fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Bucks, mm -hmm. And then, you know, the Packers right around the corner with 
without Patrick Mahomes, you can watch them just probably torch him. Oh, you know, man. I'm so excited, man. What a power weekend. Yeah, great weekend for Wisconsin sports. Um, and yeah, man, thanks for coming on. It's been this has been a fun conversation. Uh, I appreciate the time. Um, and you can follow me if you're not already um, at Jakubitz at J A K U B I C Z. Um, I'm Andrew Jakubitz everywhere else on any type of social media. So shoot me a follow. Same with Will. Love talking sports. Slide in the DMs uh, at me, comment whatever it is on that platform. Uh, and then the podcast, guys, if you're listening to this, please tell more people about it. I can only promote and be annoying on social media so much until people start blocking me. I need you guys to tell people about it. Um, so, yeah, please share it. Please tell your friends about it. Um, if you're on iTunes, please rate it because that will help me get in front of more eyes um, as well. So, uh, we and if you're just hitting play, I appreciate that too because, you know what, without all of you and including you, Will, um, you know, I wouldn't be doing this. So, uh, yes, as to your point, it's a great weekend. It's a great time to be a Bucks fan. A little disappointed. I started this two years ago, hoping to talk about drama, and now there's no drama. We're just out here winning. Um, so it's a good good problem to have for me. Uh, and uh, like I said, right. I appreciate everybody out there. So cheers and go Bucks. Go Bucks, man. Let's go.